Welcome to the Profits in Pajamas podcast. I'm Danielle DeTeach, or Coach Danny D, and I help women to create luxury brands by creating processes and tightening their branding. This is where we talk about how to build your business in a way that allows you to work with ease and enjoy your life. My happy space is spending as much time as humanly possible in my pajamas. And I want to help others to find their happy space while still running profitable businesses. So get comfortable and let's dig in. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Profits in Pajamas podcast. I am your host, Coach Danny D or Danielle Detige, the owner of Workflow, where I'm helping small businesses play big by um, enhancing their luxury brand. I have a guest here today. I'm very, very super excited about. Um, I have um, Angela Hawkins and she is the owner of Bam Blue. And it's one of my favorite lines. She is a sleep solution specialist. It's one of my favorite, favorite lines. And um, if y'all follow me on Instagram, y'all see me in the pajamas. Y'all see me post when I get excited, when I get them in the mail. So I'm very excited for her to be here. I'm going to let her give her own introduction because I always love to hear people um, excited about their business and their industry. So Angela, if you'll let us know a little bit about yourself before we get started. Sure. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for the bamboo love. (laughs) My name is Angela Hawkins. I'm the owner and founder of Bamboo. Bamboo is a sleep company. We offer products that are luxury products from um, bedding to pajamas. We like to say we offer products that give you the rest you need so you can live the life you want. And our primary products are made of bamboo. So if you have never felt bamboo, you'll um, get a a, a taste of it in this podcast, in this episode, because we're going to try to explain to you just some of the um, the feels that you get when you when you open up that package. Like it's the feel of the fabric is incredible. And it's one of the things that people brag about the most is, oh, my God, when I felt it, it just felt amazing from the bedding to the pajamas. Um, both are equally as soft and luxurious. Um, it makes a difference um, what you sleep in. And a, a lot of, you know, a lot of times I talk about the softness and the feel and the luxury, but what I really um, like to drive home to people is the importance of good quality sleep and investing in that good quality sleep um, so that you can live the life you want. I absolutely love it. Y'all know I am team pajamas. I am team sleep. I am team that I'm team you need to get rest. Um, And I know that as business owners, we're not always promoted that we're, you know, promoted the hustle and the grind and it does not have to be that way. You don't have to live that way. And I, I would be remiss if I moved on without talking about the feel. I, when I got my first pair of pajamas, I was like, I'm like, oh, like, oh, and I just kept touching them. And then I was like, okay, now I have to go put them on. It was like the middle of the day and I had to stop and put them on. I put them on and I'm sitting on the sofa and I'm trying to like work on something. And my husband's working from home right now as well. 
And he he just reached over and he was like, I'm not trying to be any kind of way, but <laughs> he I'm not like, trying to interrupt your workflow. Right. He, he's like, let me. It was like this this texture. Like, <laughs> so when you say the feel, I, I just need y'all to know there is definitely uh just a, a next level feel to the pajamas and you really you don't realize that you haven't had pajamas before like you wore something but they weren't pajamas like <laughs> I, just want you to, I just want you to know that so before I get you know starstruck and all off, off task I want to I'm gonna bring it back um so our topic today is how to focus your creative energy and the reason we chose that topic, we're both creative professionals and we know what that's like, you know, to be in that industry, to have all the ideas, but then have to focus that in so that you can be productive and so that you can be strategic in your business. So that's the topic. Um, I know you gave us a little overview, but tell us your story as a creative professional. Like, how did you come to being an entrepreneur? Right. So I think for my path, it was a bit, um, it was, it was almost dual path. So my degree, my, my first college degree is in accounting. Um, uh, 22 years of my experience in corporate was in finance, but I always had the desire to release my creative energy. Um, my, within a couple of years of getting my first degree, I went back to school to get a degree in interior design because I knew that ultimately my path would require me to be more structured in that area. And I think being an accountant and having the finance background gave me the, um, the appreciation for that structure and realizing that having a creative um, having a creative outlet, having a creative career doesn't release me from the um, from the necessity of having structure and organization. And so um, so when people ask me, you know, what, what brain are you, left brain, right brain? I'm both, you know, I'm both. I, and I've operated in both. Um, I prefer who I am when I operate in my creativity. I prefer to, you know, to let that flow because when I don't, that's when I feel like I'm stifled. I feel like I'm not, you know, I'm not my authentic self, but at the same time, I have an appreciation for what I've done in the, um, in the finance, um, in the accounting sector. And it helps me in business because I have, you know, I have that foundation where people get a chance to really see what, um, what I can do with a business from, you know, from the growth and scale perspective and not just from the creative perspective. But um, so I always tell people it's dual path. It's, um, it, it's, it's hard sometimes because you gotta, you gotta balance it just right so that you can operate in both. Or sometimes I do find that letting one go for a minute so that I can be hyper-creative and be able to, you know, achieve the, you know, the, the desired outcome that I want to do, you know, that I want to get, or I have to be, um, you know, um, ultra analytical so that I can get the work done and be able to strategize what the path needs to look like. So it's an interesting dichotomy. 
And I love that about you because I am that same strange bird that has both of those things. So I absolutely love business, but I've always had this like really creative side as well. So I totally understand what you're saying about that balance between the two and, you know, learning to, um, for me, it it has been a lot of learning to let them talk to one another and let them come into some sort of agreement so that I'm not so analytical that I don't move forward, but I'm not so wildly like creative that I'm not being thoughtful Mm -hmm. and, you know, just making sure that those two things marry each other, um, well, and, you know, it has helped me to become more creative in teaching about business. And so trying to teach that in a way that, you know, people who I know have that more creative tendency can kind of understand, like, I know that I, you know, like, we got to keep it short and digestible because that creative mind wanders fast. (laughs) That, that attention span is short. And I know it's like with me, somebody can be halfway through a story and I'm like, come on, <laughs> like, you know, get to it. Cause my mind, the clock is ticking on that. Yep. Yep. There's going to be a squirrel running by at any minute. It's about to jump. It's about to jump somewhere else. And I don't want to be rude, but that, you know, you, you, you know, it's a different personality, you know? Right, so, right, right. It's just, you know, kind of balancing those two things is has always been um, interesting for me, but it's also been very productive in the sense of like, you know, I'm, I've been able to navigate things because I have both, you know, kind of treasure chests to pull from. So, right, right. I think for me, um, what I've realized is being that I am so, you know, I do have a short attention span when it comes to some things, but I am very deep and analytical in that, you know, and with that short attention span, I I can't do a multitude of things at the same time. You know, it has to be very focused and, and and I have to have a beginning and an end, you know, so, (laughs) so it's like, it's like, okay, I'm going to work on this and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do this until it gets to here. And then I'm going to move on to something else. And it, that tends to work better for me than to say, um, you know, even when, when people think, oh, you're creative, so you can have a business with all of these different facets. I can, but that doesn't mean I'm going to be successful at it because I'm going to want to look at all the facets at the same time. So if I create a business that, that operates in this lane, I can run it and run, you know, run the heck out of it and do a really good job, but I need to be in that lane. I can't keep looking on these other lanes. So that's an interesting, um, an interesting um, byproduct of being creative and analytical is, you know, you can do all the things, but you probably shouldn't. (laughs) Right, right. No, definitely. And I think, you know, one thing that I've learned over time is knowing yourself and learning yourself. And the more that you know about yourself, the better you operate regardless of what your um, personality is. Because for me, I know I have shiny object syndrome. And so, you know, just like you're saying, I know I have to focus Mm -hmm. because, you know, that analytical side of me is like, this is what we are working on. Um, Go tell your creative friend. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's how your creative coworker. Look, look at your creative coworker. She can look at whatever she wants. But if it doesn't align with this structure that I set up, <laughs> we're not doing that. <laughs> and, and you know if she wants to do it for a hobby that's fine but in this business this is what we're doing and so it's like working those two things against each other and for me I think like you said sometimes you have to drop the one for the other when I know that my mind is in one mode I let that that one shine and do what it needs to do. And then when that other mode kicks in, I let it do what it needs to do because I know the other thing I've learned is I can't force it. Mm-hmm. You know, like if I'm not in a space to sit and write, it's not coming out. Right. But when that mood does hit me, I could write a whole novel. Mm-hmm. But it's just, I have to know, okay, Creative girl didn't come to work today. She she checked out. <laughs> <laughs> She's off chasing squirrels. <laughs> yeah, 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 chasing squirrels and rolling around in glitter. But um, <laughs> but analytic person is here and ready and ready to to create a strategic plan. She is ready. So <laughs> let me get everything I can out of her. <laughs> and then when, she, when when creative girl comes back, I'm gonna look at what analytic girl did and I'm gonna say, okay, spring some glitter on that and I was done exactly so you see you you understand me I get you I totally I totally get you I absolutely do <laughs> so, that's hilarious rolling around in glitter I can yeah, see it I can she, see it she, <laughs> girl always got glitter on her somewhere <laughs> somewhere the glitter is strong with this one <laughs> Yes, yes. I'm like, look, you're going to find a piece of glitter. You're going to find a, a, a sparkle, a, a stream or something. You're going to find it. It's just going to happen. Yeah. So, so how did you ultimately venture into entrepreneurship? Um, I would say that it has a lot to do with um, my first my first job, you know, one of my one of one of my first jobs, I um, I, I attended a, um, a a retirement party for one of my accounting coworkers, and everyone was like, "Hey, thirty years!" And I remember thinking, "Oh my god, <laughs> she's been doing this for thirty years." And by <laughs> I'm laughing and because by I that, have a similar story. Go ahead. Like, and by that point. I had already decided that this was um, monotonous, um, the month, the, the cyclical um, process of being in, in accounting and finance was starting to get to me. And by that point, I was only a couple of years in. And I said, you know, I said to myself, well, you know, it's got to be something other than this. Like, you know, I took a, um, I took a turn into um, auditing where I could write audit reports. And for me, that was creative because I got a chance to go and do the work, come back and tell the story. So right. it had an out, it had a, 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 an element of creative, um, you know, of creativity to it, but I couldn't, I was looking for another job similar to that at the time, but I wasn't in that job at all. And it was, it was obvious. So when I went to her retirement party, I was just like, I have to do something different. Like, this is not for me. So that's when I started looking at what I heard for the first time around them do something that you would do regardless if you get paid for it. 
-hmm. And I said, okay, I know what that is because I was designing people's houses left and right for no money. Right. Right. You are like, you said, I got the paid for, not paid for, check box checked. Now I got to get paid for. (laughs) Right. I said, I could do that. I know I could do it for no, you know, and not get paid for it because I love it. And I've already been doing that. So if I could turn this into a paycheck, imagine what I could do um, for my quality of life. And I remember at that point, I got a lot of naysayers, especially people that knew what my degree was in and what my, my experience was in, they were just like, oh, and I, you know, don't, you know, that's a pipe dream and no one really makes money as a designer. And I could say, no, I, I think they do. So I sought out people that were in design and that were doing exactly what I wanted to do. I asked them questions. They talked to me about um, legitimizing the business, you know, being able to go back and get a degree or a certification and, um, and also finding a niche which I think, again, goes back to that you can do it all, but you really need to be, you know, um, forward thinking in, in, in what aspect you want to focus on. So I went I went and I got a business license. I went back to school, like I, I mentioned, um, went back to school for interior design, and I started an interior design firm. Now, I did that um, it, as, as well as my daytime job for a long time, um, not really understanding what the scale method was, you know, to be able to, because in my, in my mind, doing it all, you know, doing every aspect of the design job was how you did the business. And I didn't understand, you know, I didn't really understand bringing in the trades because in my mind, I wasn't legitimized yet. I was still trying to work it out. So I was trying to do everything. So I was just like, well, there's no way I can scale when I'm doing all the work. Right. So then at some point I started bringing in tradesmen and I started realizing that the, the, the end product was just so much better because I have, now I have the tile person doing the tile instead of me. I have the painter doing the paint instead of me. I have the seamstress making the drapes instead of me and everything just had their expertise on it with my expert design. And it just made sense. It started to come together. And I was like, this is how I scale. And then I started adding, you know, not just one job at a time, not just one job per quarter. You know, I was adding more jobs and getting them done. And I said, okay, I could do this. So then I started looking at what more could I do? So I wrote a business plan on being able to open a design gallery because I had gotten into wholesaling furniture at this point. And I was just like, okay, now I know how to wholesale furniture. I could actually open up a gallery and wholesale furniture and accessories and do my designs, my design work at the same time. And that was, you know, it was an award-winning business plan. I knew that I knew, you know, by this point, it had been seven years that I had been doing design. So I was like, I, you know, I pretty much got this, you know, so let me go ahead and step out on faith, took some money that I'd saved and created um, the, a design gallery. And then a month later, the recession hit. <laughs> so it was just like, Everything that I, you know, in my mind, I was just like, wait a minute, you know, I did everything the right way. I wrote a business plan. I, um, you know, I saved money. I, you know, I, I learned, I got the degrees, you know, like I had all of the things, but there was an element I couldn't control, which was um, the economy. Right. So what, what ended up happening was it created an opportunity for me to then um, learn a new level of the low where the economy could go. And then also convince me that I wasn't ready yet to be out on my own because I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to ebb and flow 
with how the economy was running. I didn't know where the money was going to come from if it didn't come from the customer. I didn't know what to do with the inventory when um, the customers weren't buying. So I ended up going back to corporate and my intention was to go back to corporate to learn more um, because, you know, there was all the corporations, every, every company in the U.S. had to adjust and adapt to what was happening with the economy. So what a, what a great place for me to learn about it you know, then to go back to the source and, and, and get some, you know, knowledge. Okay. So I went back to corporate. So I said, I can learn more. I knew that there was going to be an opportunity for me to be in positions um, with uh, Coca-Cola that would allow me to see the full trajectory of the business and how the business adjusted to the different changes in the economy. Um, it was, a, it's a great place to learn. You know, I, I always tell people that, you know, don't, don't, give up your day job until you've gotten all that you can from that day job, including the learning. So when I went back, um, the one thing I did take back with me though, was a little bit of trauma fear from what had transpired with that, with the economy in my business. So I think it took me a little bit longer to come out than, um, than I had anticipated. I kept kind of making excuses. So as to why I needed to stay in, in corporate, but the reality was, I was afraid of what could happen again. Um, but, you know, that entrepreneurial bug just would never leave me. <laughs> and I remember talking to a friend of mine who um, I had decided I was going to go into marketing, you know, you know, in corporate, I was going to go into marketing because this was going to be that creative outlet I needed and I can stay in the stability of corporate, but that didn't turn out to be true. And I think most people that knew me, family, friends, um, close coworkers, kind of knew that there was still something else kind of itching at the surface mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and I was going to need to express it in some way or another. So um, someone had um, asked me if I wanted to attend a seminar with them and it was like a weekend thing and it was not a big deal. It was like, hey, just come if you're interested. But she didn't really tell me what it was. And I walked in and it's a room full of entrepreneurs, Black entrepreneurs who were start, you know, at different levels of business, but most people in that room were starting their businesses and, um, you know, somewhere, you know, you know, kind of experienced in it, but still kind of looking for a path um, to success and a path for growth. And I just remember the energy in the room was so palpable. You know, I just knew that I was in the right space and I knew that this was going to be what trans, you know, transformed me back into entrepreneurship. And, and it exactly, that's exactly what happened. I went in, um, didn't really know what my next path was going to look like. I knew it wasn't going to be interior design um, as it was before, but it was going to have an element of creativity to it. Um, but I also knew that I really wanted to solve a problem. I wanted to be a necessity in somebody's home. So what I ended up doing was um, walking away with a couple of really good ideas and went back to when I had interior design, um, when I had the gallery, what really resonated with me. And it was the fabrics, you know, it was being able to um, have my hands on the fabrics, have my hands in the fabrics, designing, um, designing, you know, designs for the bed. I would have, I would make creative or custom bedding for people um, as part of some of my services. And I said, yeah, that's where I want to focus. Well, what I didn't realize was at the same time, I was also in my personal life trying to solve my husband's sleep issues. So at one point, they all kind of came together when I figured out for him that it was the fabrics, it wasn't the pillows, it wasn't the mattresses, it wasn't the detergents, it was the actual fabric that we were sleeping in that was causing him to have allergic reactions and causing him to, to um, sweat and overheat at night. 
And when I was able to solve that for him, it all kind of came together. I want to do betting. I want to do something that has a, that's solving a problem. Sleep deprivation is a huge problem. So why not focus on that as my primary product? And why not focus on that as a solution um, to sleep deprivation in the U.S.? And, and it all kind of started coming together from there. So it has been quite the trick. <laughs> and, but it was, you know, everything kind of aligned to make this the path that I took at the time that I took it. Um, I, I, I joined after, after that event with all of that, um, you know, entrepreneurial electricity in the room, the creativity in the room, I ended up joining a mastermind uh, from that event. And that mastermind has changed the way that I do business. Uh, when the economy started to, you know, tumble again, when we got into the pandemic, a lot of that trauma fear came back and I started thinking, oh my gosh, it's going to happen again, a recession, you know, I'm, I'm going to end up losing my business again. And I just got started. But then I took a step back and I said, no, things are different. Like now I'm a part of a community. Now I have, um, you know, a stronger understanding of what the economy can do. So let me figure out what my pivots need to look like before they come so that I can then navigate through it. And it has changed how I look at, you know, I looked at the pandemic as an opportunity for me to um, get real narrow on, you know, on what I was doing, get real narrow on what I was spending, and then get real sp um, specific in who I was serving and why. And it, it made all the difference. So completely different outcome from, you know, this economic, you know, um, change to last. So. Uh, I love that. I love, um, I love hearing people's entrepreneur story, like, mm -hmm. because it's always, you know, because if it's in you, it's going to pull at you. It's going to, you know, pull you in that Absolutely. direction. Mm -hmm. um, but also it's just the passion is in that story. The passion is always in the story. Like you, you, you see, as you tell certain parts of the story, you're going to see somebody's eyes light up. You're going to see, you know, so I know some of you are listening um, via podcast and you can't see that. But when you get on um, YouTube and you look at it, you you see people's like you, you just see that love, you know, because as entrepreneurs and especially creative entrepreneurs, we have a love for what we do. Oh, yeah. And so <laughs> we're sensitive about it. <laughs> yes, definitely. Definitely. Um, my husband teases me. We've been in um, places, you know, several times where like he may be across the room, but he was like, you were just talking to that person about business, weren't you? <laughs> because he can see, he was like, you have a whole different look about you when you yes. talk about it. Like he's yes, like, I know exactly that look. <laughs> can tell and so I love I love um that you yeah. shared your story with us um I think the things that the big takeaways I got from the story was one learn in every aspect of your life you know a lot of times people will put entrepreneurship over um you know working a job or working in corporate I, you know, I, I kind of feel the same way as you. I've learned so much from my experience in corporate that I bring to being a business owner Absolutely. that I feel like it makes me a better business owner. Um, so learn from that. Also, just the idea of, you know, let that bankroll you until you are in a position. Oh, yeah. My primary investor was Coca-Cola. <laughs> you know, until you're in a position to, because, you know, I, I left my job and 
you know, because of that, a lot of people gravitate towards me about, you know, leaving their job and I'm going to quit. And I'm like, what is your plan? Like, <laughs> and who's going to invest in you if you're if you're you want to invest in yourself? And that's really what it comes down to is when you leave your job, you're leaving your benefits, you're leaving a weekly or biweekly paycheck. And and I know that you know a lot of times people are like, well, you know, I can't do this and do that at the same time. But only when you truly can't do that and do that at the same time, only when you truly can see that the day the the day job is hindering your um, your ability to scale your your business should you leave. And that day job, that paycheck from that day job should be inconsequential when you leave. Like if I stay here, I'm making less money because I'm staying here. But I tell you what, I I would, I would say to people uh, on that second go round, I would say to people, I'm, I'm only leaving when they put me out. And I would say it as a joke, but I was dead serious. And people would say, oh, no, no, you got to go. You got to go. And it just so happened that six months after I started the business, um, we went through a major layoff, a major um, reorg. And and my job was part of that reorganization. And I was, I, even though I had said it, I was hurt when I, when it happened, because I was just like, it wasn't my decision. But what the blessing in that was, was it wasn't my decision, but it was God's plan. And they gave me a check to leave, which was then invested into the business. Correct. Correct. So, yeah. I mean, and they gave me a year's worth of medical, which also gave me a reprieve from having to worry about, you know, my husband at the time, he was in a job where his medical wasn't as good as mine, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I said, okay, well, I don't have to worry about that for a year. And I don't have to worry about a paycheck for, you know, I think it was six or eight months or whatever it was, but it, it made a difference. It made a huge difference to the mindset when I was, when it was time for me to go, it was like, okay, you know, um, this is the way it's supposed to be. And now I, when I get up in the morning, my thought, my first thought isn't how am I going to do both at the same time? It's going to be, how do I make money today? Right. And I think that that's beautiful. I think that that's something that people really need to think about when you're making that transition. Like you said, when, when that job falls off, it shouldn't, it shouldn't phase you because you needed that job. You know, of right. course, you know, when you get laid off, there's that sting and it's like, okay, what? Like, yeah, you have to you grieve know. that process. And right. that's understandable. But yeah. it shouldn't be a, a thing of, because um, I think a lot of times people say, I can't do it all, but I don't, it, if you're not so busy in the business because of your income, because of income producing activities, then you're not too busy in the business. Like, you know, a lot of times it's because you're trying to get it together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's about planning and strategy. That's not, if, if, if you haven't turned that corner to where it's being able to replace that income, Unless you just a adventurous person, don't don't leave those people. Just, <laughs> you like living on the edge. <laughs> look, just just keep going. Just keep going to the people's job until you, until something else. You know, until until you reach that point. Right. And right. for me, the job hit different once I had a plan. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. You know the things that I I may not have wanted to go and do. 
I was like, well, let me hurry up and finish doing this real quick because I already, because I had a plan and that plan gives you a different energy mm-hmm. about, you know, it's like, okay, I'm working towards it and I see this progress. Then I don't feel like that defeat of, oh, well, I can't, I can't get my business going because this is in the way you can't get your business going because you haven't created that strategic plan yet. Exactly. Exactly. Amen. <laughs> Like, that plan so, will know, change the taking game. Taking the job away is not going to change that. It's just going to make that a lot more stressful because now yeah. you now you have bills and mm-hmm. <laughs> you're struggling to figure out the business part. Yeah, and I think a lot of um, a lot of us in the creative field get caught up in that. Um, we get caught up in um, you know making things pretty and doing the things that we enjoy doing, but not looking at the strategic component of it. And I think that it's it, it's a lot of the reasons why it's harder to get started in a creative um, venture because you know we don't have that you know that that um, that outlet or that understanding of that you know th- that part of the business. But I, and that's why I think being a part of a community makes all the difference because there's nothing wrong with being being 100% creative. There's you know there's a there's a there's a lane for that as well. But then that means that you have to know what you're missing. You know, you have to know what elements you need to bring into the business. So if that's a partner or an employee um, or just a, you know, just um, a coach, something has to give in terms, in, in, in order to make that business successful. And what it typically is, is you don't have to give up yourself and you don't have to force yourself to be that, but you have to bring in that bench strength so that the company can survive. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah, you just, you know, people will hear me say this all the time. That's not my ministry. <laughs> I say it too. <laughs> that is not my ministry, you know, like. Yes, I say it, the you same know, thing. If it falls outside of my lane, it falls outside of my lane. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I love to learn, so I will learn about it. But I, I know where my lines are drawn and I'm like, that is so not my ministry. So oh my I'm God. going to, you know, pass that over to the person that, <laughs> you know, I'm a creative. My husband's an engineer. He, oh, he nice. gets to talking and I'm like. And that's why you called him when the Zoom didn't work. <laughs> right, right. So we had a little technical difficulty and I was just like, um, so can you come and your about? And, and when we put this to air and he has to edit, you heard me say when he has to edit because I know my strong suits and I know what my strong suits are. And we have to learn to be more um, open to help and that not being a sign of weakness. That's actually a strength when you're able to say, this is not my lane. Right. right. This is not my lane. And, you know, I, I work with a lot of business owners and a lot of people who are, you know, prospects, but we're, we're not that point of clients and mm-hmm. they are, you know, trying so hard to, force their, you know, the, the square peg in the round hole. It, it's just, if that's not your thing, stop killing yourself about it. It's, it's somebody's thing and that somebody can help you to get to the next level and yeah. that somebody can lovingly sit you down sometimes and say, look, we need I you to you focus put, and stop looking at the squirrels. Right. I know you <laughs> look, I know you won't put glitter on this girl, but look, <laughs> they did not they did not pay glitter money. So <laughs> they don't get glitter. 
And they can't have a bow. <laughs> and they can't have a bow either because they didn't pay glitter money and they didn't pay bow money. And when you put the glitter in the bow, <laughs> own it. Yeah. And you we would say, it. you're but spending it so your much own money to do it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you are spending your own money to put the glitter in the boat on there. So exactly. how about you reel it back <laughs> <laughs> and leave that off? Or you can tell them that that's an option and they can upgrade. Yes. Yes. Oh, girl, you said a whole word right here. <laughs> <laughs> but my picture is going to look, yeah, it's going to look just how they pay for it to look. <laughs> You just don't put that one on your site. That's okay. Right. But but the thing is, is that it's not that it doesn't look good. It's just not that vision that you had. And my my lovely engineering husband has had to say to me times when I'm just fussing with something and I just won't let it go. And he's like, it's it's perfect. Um he, he his wise words to me that I replay in my head all the time. Nobody saw the vision you saw in your head. Ooh, girl. <laughs> no one else saw it. So I think they all have a meeting. All the non-creatives have a yes, meeting. Non-creatives yes. that live with creatives, they all have a meeting. And then they all get the words that they're going to need to say to us. <laughs> because I, swear like, God. <laughs> look, I know that you thought that that one balloon should be like three inches to the left. Nobody else saw that, and they did not. They see the whole. I swear to God, this is the same conversation. I had a, a balloon design. I showed my husband, and I was like, "Look, look!" And I, I mean, I did a whole video of moving <laughs> from you know from the first balloon to the hundredth balloon, and I had them all laid out. And uh, he's like, "Oh, that looks so nice." I was like, "Yeah, but look, you see that little spot right there? I should have put a balloon in there." <laughs> he, he has literally. Pull me off of a job, like, like, come on, <laughs> like, don't touch a Another single thing. additional balloon. And I'm like, but, but <laughs> that's my reputation. He's, <laughs> look, <laughs> he said, cause you're going to touch that one and that one going to move. And then you're going to be here all night. He said, just let it go. <laughs> <laughs> And then it's like, because we have that, that attachment to our work, it's like, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And then I look at right. it two weeks later and I'm like, oh my God, that was that so was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just our nature. And it's, it's, you know, you know, again, just getting back to the topic, that's focusing that creative energy, like, you know, right. to realize we're creatives, but we're also business owners. Right, right, right. So what tips or what ways do you use to try to focus that energy in? Because sometimes, oh, that creative, that creative side is a wild child. I had to hire somebody. I told you. <laughs> I had to hire somebody. I hired a strategist and she, um, and it was funny because I think in the beginning you always, you know, oh, I can't afford to bring somebody in. I can't afford to bring somebody in. But what I had to do was really look at what could I afford not to bring somebody in. And answer right I wasn't, here. yeah, I was getting stuck too often. Um, I wasn't meeting my, my marks in order to scale. And it was because I was missing that person that could implement the visions that I had for the business. 
So I reached out um, to someone that I knew would fit perfectly in that position. And I knew that she was doing the work um, on a contract basis. So I could hire her for um, a period of time to come in and do the work and, and get me focused. And the first, you know, and I was just like, well, I'm going to make this investment. It's going to hurt, but I promise you, she probably, I probably made in that first month, I probably 10 X my investment in the first month. And that was before she even really got onboarded, but it was a matter, it was a matter of telling her my vision. And then she put it into easily digestible steps that we were able to implement telling her what the people that were working for me were supposed to be doing and what they were actually doing. And then having her come in and organize how we communicated so that, that everybody got on the same page. And the, that month things started working like a well-oiled machine. I couldn't afford not to bring her on. And I think as a creative, you have that again, back to the same thing I talked about in the interior design, you have the, you have the notion that you have to do it all because this is my business, this is my vision, this is my you know, outcome. But the reality is I was never meant to do this all on my own if I wanna scale it. Now on a smaller scale, I could do it and I could do everything and I could you know, do a halfway decent job at it, but I'm never gonna be able to do it to the potential that the business wants to grow into. And the business is busting at the seams and how dare I deny it the space to grow. You know, So bringing in the right people, helps me to focus on the things that bring me joy and that are my genius. And then I allow them to do the same. You know, the people on my team, they all have a genius that they work in. And I try to make sure to keep an eye on it so that I keep them in that space. It's easy enough for me to say, okay, I have a person that does um, social media, email, customer service, and I have somebody that does um, marketing, have somebody that does strategy. It's easy enough for me to say, okay, well, the person that does the customer service email and social media is a little overworked right now. So let me move some of her stuff over here. But that's not, you know, what I'm moving may not be the lane that that marketing person is in. So don't overload her with stuff that's, that was never the intention for her to work on, because now you're, you're working in a space where you're trying to force her to be the customer service rep. And that's not her job. That's not that's not, that may not, it's not that that's not, you know, it's not like what people would say, oh, well, that's not why I was hired. It's not why I, what my job was. It's truly not your, your lane. It's truly right. not your genius. It's not your area of genius. So I'm not going to get the best out of you. So right. it's better for me to reevaluate what that other person is doing that may be causing her to be overworked or overstressed and then decide, does that require me to have another person or does that require me to take something else off that better suits that you know that marketing person so it's it's a it's an um interesting um game that you're kind of always playing to keep everything balanced but it's a it's a necessary part of that game and that strategy person helps me do that you know it's not just i don't just rely on my own understanding i rely on what are the goals that we're trying to achieve and these are the people that are working on those goals you know how can we better leverage um, what we have, you know, going on already in house. Yeah. So like, I love every bit of what you said, because we do need people to balance us. We need people who are going to come in and be that counter to our, you know, our energy, because, you know, we are good at this thing. <laughs> and yeah. 
somebody else is good at the other part. So that that was, you know, a takeaway that I, I got from what you said. Another takeaway was the investment part. I feel like we don't always understand the importance of investment because yes, those price tags might look kind of steep when you're sitting up there looking at it from purely a financial standpoint. Mm -hmm. But when you think about the return of that investment and how, how much you're holding yourself back. So, you know, I talk to people, you know, that I know in the industry and just casual conversation among colleagues. And I'm like, oh, well, how are you doing? How's your business going? And I often get oh, you know, this is happening, but I'm just trying to figure out this or, you know, I love the business, but the, you know, the other side, you know, I love the 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 balloons, but the business side, you know. And so right. then I'm like, okay, well, what exactly is the issue? Mm-hmm. And we get to the bottom of what the issue is. And then I'm like, I'm, I'm a problem solver. I'm solution driven. So I'm like, okay, so this, this is what you need to do. You know, and whether that's me just giving them advice or me, you know, pointing them to a a product or service, you know, then it's like, okay, I'm going to work on it. And then I talk to that person six months later and a year later and two years later, and they're still struggling with that same thing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if you're not, I'm sure that you have lost so much money not having step forward in solving that problem. Right, exactly. Because you're not in the capacity to grow and scale the way that you need to. And you don't have that clarity because that was the other Mm -hmm. takeaway I took from what you said was that, you know, even before you put this person in place, just that process of getting the clarity increased your business. You Mm -hmm. know, and once she got there, then of course is increasing it even more so. But having that clarity around the business Mm -hmm. makes a huge difference because a lot of us can't answer basic questions Mm. about our business. Yeah. You got to know your number. You got to know your marketing. (laughs) Right. I'm like, so, you know, I, I, I need to get in front of different clients. Who? (laughs) Who is your client? Right. And then it's it's crickets or it's, you know, the ones that have money. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yes, it helps that they have money, but Uh what is making them open up their purse and give that money to you? Exactly. Because if all you know about them is if all you know about them is they have money, then maybe they don't like feel like they have had no like and trust right right to spend business you know to do business you know spend their money with you so i think it's just you know us especially as creatives a lot of times everybody's not that weird bird like me and you that has that kind of (laughs) other side um but as creatives we have to know where our strengths are and where our weaknesses are and you know you know, they, they always say hire your weaknesses. Yeah, absolutely. It, and it relieves stress, honestly. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, I don't have to worry about that part anymore. I don't have to do that thing anymore. 
you know, of course, you're going to need to always have your pulse on it, you know, to make sure it's being done the way you expect, but you don't have to do it. Right. It's a game changer. <laughs> right. It's like, so wait, what? <laughs> like, I had, had an, um, I had an accountant come in because I was, you know, using QuickBooks and then something went wrong with it. And um, so she does bookkeeping and everything as well. And I had waited to get somebody because there was some glitch in there and I was like well I need to figure this out first because I want to give them the clean numbers and she was like no we do that and I was like wait yeah. what yep 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 <laughs> I'm like wait what so I could just get this to you and you do and she was like yeah we do that and she gave me her prices and I'm like if that's the best money spent, isn't it? A good accountant. Right. I was, I was like, ma'am, here. Here, you can take all my... <laughs> Look, and I told you, all... I have an accounting degree in 22 years of finance. I do not do my own books because it's not, it doesn't bring me joy. And it no. doesn't, it doesn't help my business for me to struggle through making sure that my numbers are in every month and that my, you know, and, and now if anybody asks me for my financials for the last three years... I press a button and I print a report, right? You know, and I know that right. it's right. That, oh my Jesus. So, you know, <laughs> I am a firm believer of investing in, in mm. business and business education. Yeah. And so I'm in a, um, a financial group. And one of the things was each month we have to submit our numbers. Yeah. And because of this like glitch, it was like, I'm having to go and do surgery on these numbers because <laughs> they're not clean numbers. And right. then she emailed me and was like, I'm finished. And then that next month I was like, hit print. And <laughs> I was just like, oh my God, like, <laughs> like, I love this, you know? Yeah, and we, re you know, I review them with the team every month. If I have questions, they file my taxes every month for um, sales and use tax. That's huge because if you're not doing that, you're putting your, you're leaving yourself open to all kinds of issues. So those are the things that you know. That's a prime example of, um, you know, invest in your business and it'll pay you back. Yes, that's a prime example of it. Those, that's yes. one of the costs where people are like, oh, if I pay for an accountant, if I pay for a lawyer, you know, you don't necessarily see that as revenue generating. But if you need when you need it, it, is. <laughs> it more than pays for itself. It because does. It really it, does. Of having it done. I haven't, you know, everything that I apply for, if it's um, PPP, EIDL, a grant, a loan or whatever, they all want to see my numbers. And they all, and anytime I talk to somebody about the business, um, you know, that, you know, when I'm trying to apply for something or if I have an interview for something, they'll ask me about my numbers. And I know exactly what those numbers say, because not only, I'm not just giving it to the accountant to handle it. I'm letting them process the work and then they, we come back together and we discuss it. And I know where the business stands. I know what, you know, what my sales look like. I know what my average order values are. I know what my outstanding debt looks like, you know? So all of this is not an opportunity for you to give stuff away. It's an opportunity for you to bring in somebody with the bench strength to get it done and the know-how to teach you what they've done. Not so that you can do it, but so that you know what your business standing is. And I love that too, of having that understanding, um, at least at a base level of understanding what you are, one, who you are hiring and two, what you're getting as an end product. Because 
I do see a lot of people where, okay, now, you know, I'm trying to, you know, coach them through something and I'm looking at what they have and I'm like, so wait, you spend what with who for what? Like, but it's because they didn't have the understanding of what to look for mm-hmm. when they're, you know, to have that base understanding. Like, you know, if I go in a car dealership, I don't know jack about a car, but I know enough mm-hmm. to know if somebody telling me something crazy. I'm like, no, nah, that don't sound that right. Don't work. <laughs> that don't sound right. Like, let me, right. let me, I'm going to think about it. I'm going to come back, you know, like right. kind of feel, but mm-hmm. if you don't have that, like that base knowledge, but also if you're working with somebody and they don't, and you don't feel like they're giving you that, that, that return too of that they are giving you um, the, the understanding so that you can use that information in a useful way in your business. Because like you say, you don't have to do it, but you need to have that understanding so that you know where your business is and is your business growing? Is it doing, is it on track with your strategic plan? Right, right, exactly. Exactly. I love when um, <laughs> I love when creatives talk real talk real business. I love it. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. I'm like I could I, I switch it up on you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> real quick. I'm like no no no. I mean I I do like don't hold up a bag of glitter while I try to talk about business, but <laughs> I do I can <laughs> I can go into another zone and like you know. <laughs> Um, I had someone call me this morning to ask me a question about something and I had to stop them. And I said, you know what? I said, I'm about to answer you, but I'm answering you from a businesswoman's perspective mm-hmm. because we all have our emotions. We have our you know, feelings. We have all of that. But at the end of the mm-hmm. day, we have to operate mm-hmm. as businesswomen right. and right. You know, and then again, sometimes that may not be your lane. You may not be, you know, you may have to hire for that. You may want to be the creative of the business and you want someone else to be the, you know, CEO of the business. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And -hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. Yep, Yep, it happens every day. You know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. You go and take creative lead and you have someone else that is making sure that it all makes sense business-wise. Right. Right. Yep. Yep. And, and I think that that's, that's a mature decision that, um, you know, business owners have to make from time to time. And I, and I actually applaud it because you're doing what's best for the business, not your ego. Right. Yep. Right. Definitely. Definitely. So what is one big misconception you think that people have about being a creative professional? Um, we've talked about a lot of (laughs) things that I think could be considered (laughs) a misconception. I think one of the biggest misconceptions that I have tried to circumvent by, um, you know, talking to young people as they are picking their career paths is that creative people are always struggling artists, you know, and that to me is huge misconception. And not only that, it's, um, is detrimental to the, you know, to, to the, you know, to the, the field of creativity, because we're losing a lot of, we've lost a lot of 
um, creative minds because they were brought up in households where they weren't supported by other creatives. And they were brought up to believe that their um, creative aspirations weren't enough. So that to me is probably one of the biggest, um, you know, the biggest misconceptions and something that I would go into. I haven't been um, since, you know, before the pandemic before the pandemic, but I would go into high schools and talk to some of the entrepreneurial um, classes and give them, you know, guidance on um, picking their creative careers and give them guidance on writing a business plan and give them um, confidence in being able to stick up for what they believe is their path in life. Um, you know, you see, so, so it's so different now though, uh, because of the advent of like Pinterest and uh, YouTube and social media, where we can we can show them more than we can tell them. Um, you get a chance to really see some of the the great balloon artists, you know that are, that are out there and what they're doing. Um, you can see some of the you know designers, interior designers, artists, graphic artists, you know. But there was a time when it was shunned upon, and I know for me, um, I think a lot of the reasons why I was in. Um, and a lot of reasons why I went into accounting and not marketing or, you know, graphic design or something like that was because um, my, my parents were both creative. My mother st stuck with her creativity and my father, you know, went against it and went into corporate, um, well, went into government. But um, I knew I had creative, you know, tendencies from a very young age and I was always kind of pushed into you know, the books pushed into. So, you know, growing up in that, I knew that that I was choosing accounting because that's what was the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And I just wish I had someone that had more um, influence over my choices that could let me, you know, feel comfortable in following that path because the tenacity that I have in anything that I do is going to re result in me being successful. But if you constantly tell somebody that being creative isn't a real job choice, then that person is going to choose something that's more, um, you know, that's more suited towards what a real job looks like. So that's probably the biggest misconception and one that I hope that um, we continue to, you know, chop away at, you know, with some of the things that we're doing. The podcast is an awesome way to do it because you give people an opportunity to access the knowledge and kind of see what people are doing in creative fields that are, are owning businesses. Um, you know, and, and part of my job as an entrepreneur, as a creative, is to continue to tell the story and hope that it influences somebody enough, you know, to get them to make the choice that's best for them and best for, you know, the future that they hold. Yeah, I think that I, I, I totally agree with you. I think that we need to be more vocal about that um, for the young people, but for some of our people that have been in the industries for a very long time, because I feel like people feel like people won't pay for, you know, quote unquote art. Mm -hmm. You know, I hear people so many times, you know, when I go to conferences and different stuff like that, and, you know, they're looking at these new designs, they're looking at all these different things, and they're like, yeah, but, you know, no, nobody in my market will pay for this. Mm. And I'm just like, 
is it I that nobody will pay for it? But is or is it that you don't have the strategy behind it? Mm. And mm. that's what you know, like you were talking about talking to the youth and that I think is what the message that they need to understand it. You can be, like you say, your tenacity is going to make you successful at whatever you do. Um, you, you have to believe it. One, you have to believe that you can, but yep. two, you have to put some solid business principles behind it. Any industry can be a profitable industry with the right strategy. Right. Right. And, you know, because I remember when I first, you know, left my job, it was like, you did what? You, you, or you still doing balloons? Uh huh. They still paying the bill. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm still doing balloons. And then, you know, as the business progressed and grew, it was like, wait, what? Like, how much did you make from balloons? (laughs) Right. Right, like you made what doing? Like, yeah, balloons. yeah, people, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, I did because I made sure that it was a business. Mm-hmm. I made sure that you know, as much as I knew that I had this creative side and I love the having the creative outlet, but mm-hmm. I knew that you know I was not interested in being the starving artist. That that is not. Yeah, that's not my ministry. <laughs> that's not my ministry I like it but I don't like it like that like I was never I was never meant to be a starving artist and I think that 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 had a lot again had a lot to do with my choices because at 12 years old I was telling people I have to be rich because I like I like nice things right and if you're constantly telling me that no one in a creative field can be rich then I'm going to make a choice that I'm not really you know that doesn't really appeal to my you know, to my, my soul, I'm making a choice that appeals to what your interpretation of success is, you know? So yeah, it made a huge difference. And, and I, and I would never go back and say, I, you know, made the wrong choice and um, wasted any time in my life because I really feel like it has made me a better person to have both sides and have both experiences. But I also know that I have an obligation because of my experiences to let people know that there's an option, you know, there's an option. It doesn't have to come from, yeah, it doesn't have to come from the corporate, you know, um, track or the, you know, the the more accepted track. You can follow your dream in, in creativity. You just have to be strategic about it. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think as far as like just the, the whole idea of following your dream, you know, one of the things that I, I try to get across to people is success is not the same for everyone. Right. So your idea of success is also different. Not right. saying that you can't be traditionally successful, you can, but your idea may be different. You know, for me, Profit in Pajamas is all about the fact that I really like to spend most of my day in my pajamas. Like, I, that's that's real. That's not you know, it's not a gimmick. It's real. That's where it came from. And so for me, I may make different choices than the next person because time freedom is important to me. Mm -hmm. So I could, you know, I, I know how to market and brand and put myself in positions to, you know, I could, you know, fill up the books, 
if yeah. that's that but that's not my ideal of success now I do right. have sales goals and you know I have all of those things but mm-hmm. the way my business is structured is based on what my ideal success story what I want that to look like I love that and mm-hmm. so you know I want people to realize it don't have to look like what somebody else wants it to look like right and it doesn't yeah. have to look like someone else's business like a lot of people compare themselves like oh I should have been here by now or I should have been able to do this or how come they're getting all this kind of exposure or what have you you know that there are two different measures that's two different measures of success is that what strategy you had was to be in all of those publications did you have a strategy set up to do that um did you have a strategy set up to meet those sales goals that that person did and so once you decide what your measure of success is then strategize to get there you know right definitely I, I wholeheartedly agree and it's like and again don't get so caught up in the hype of what other people are doing you know like because it's easy to because of social media nowadays social media and you know but yeah it's not it's not all it's cracked up to be you never know what someone did to get where they are no and you don't know if you want that like <laughs> You may not want that life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I I know some people that are like wildly successful and they are, you know, constantly on the go and doing this. And I'm like, I don't really want, I don't want to do that. Right. But, you know, that's what they want to do. And that is, and they, they are reaching their success. Yeah. I'm doing what I want to do and I'm reaching my success. And that is okay. And yeah. we have to learn to be okay with that. And also learn that social media is a highlight reel. Oh, it is. Because they're not telling you the struggle. <laughs> There's nobody out there talking about their struggle. <laughs> oh, like nobody's on there like, well, at three o'clock this morning, I was crying because <laughs> this thing right. would not I didn't go make right. Payroll. I didn't. <laughs> right. I'm like, I'm trying to figure out when will this sell? Like, you know, nobody right. is on social media telling that story. So I you are, that, so. <laughs> you know, you're, you're comparing your real life to somebody else's highlights right and you're, exactly. you're doing yourself a disservice in so many ways that is exactly right <laughs> so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna go to our wrap-up questions because i know we can sit here and talk all day long and we're yeah. like in total um synergy mode like i mean because because you say something i'm like well i have a story too like, <laughs> So my my first wrap up question is always tell me about your favorite pajamas and you know I'm like from you this is like the ultimate question. <laughs> my favorite pajamas have a bamboo tag. <laughs> so yeah, I um I love I love the bamboo product. I I I am not only the owner founder but I'm a fan. And I think that um, the product that I've created makes for an easy transition into the relaxation mode of your day. Oh, and, um, yeah, the, pro- the fabric, from the fabric to the fit, I love it. Um, if I had to pick my favorite style of bamboo pajamas, it would probably be, um, I think it's probably going to be what I have on, which is the, the nightshirt. So the nightshirt is meant to just kind of... Um, 
you know, fall down the skin, no confinement, no, you know, nothing tight. The, of course, the fabric um, is our um, signature fabric. It, this, this particular fabric has a little bit of a heavier weight to it. Um, we measure a weight in like GSMs. And this one, I think I went with like a 230, which is a little heavier than what where we started. And the thought behind that was I didn't want it to be too light because it is a dress. And I, I wanted it to um, kind of, you know, you know, kind of when it fell, I wanted it to fall completely and not um, not sway as much. And I and I, that's hard to kind of translate into what I want the fabric to do. But there was a there was a, a, a purpose and a point behind the weight of this. Um, I love the fact that it has a little bit of a. Uh, you know, on the on the edge, it has a little bit of a scallop around the leg, so it kind of gives a little nod to the sexy, while still being ultra, you know, comfy, comfy. Um, it also is appropriate, you know, if you want to wear it around the house and you know not have to worry about putting on a, a bathrobe or, or or the like, because it is, you know, a decent length. It's kind of um, mid thigh, um, mid to lower thigh. So this is definitely one of my favorites. Um, there's so many that are there's so many that are favorites for different reasons. I, and my biggest my biggest issue I have is like if I go away for the weekend or for you know like I'm going on vacation this week, and I always pack too many pajamas. <laughs> my husband's like, "Do you have something to wear out?" Yeah, nope, but I got some pajamas. <laughs> right, all right. That I mean, that's pretty much what matters. But you know, I'm biased. So. <laughs> um but um if you if you're on the podcast and not watching on youtube we are twinning today so we're both wearing the um the the hibernation hibernation activated um we're wearing the hibernation mode activated nightgown and i can concur this is like very comfy i'm i'm glad that you kind of mentioned that it gives like a little hint of sexy it's not like you know vivacious but it's just it just give a little hint because it, it, it. <laughs> it falls just right it's not like you just like you know you you feel comfortable wearing it you know like out you know not out but you know out and about in the house you feel comfortable mm -hmm. wearing it without feeling like you're like giving too much but it also you know give a little hand it'll, up, get, it'll give a second look it'll be like hey. you know you get a little glance, <laughs> little glance where you're going right quick <laughs> so it is um definitely you know that that comfort is there like you know it's like you said as soon as you slide into a pair of your pajamas oh my goodness it's just like it takes you to another like you just yeah. relax and I mean I can't stand when like I'm like oh, I can't trust <laughs> Oh, I have to like because the material like it just it's almost like it feels like second skin once you get like once you've had it on for a while you don't yeah. feel like you have you don't feel confined you don't feel mm -mm. itchy you don't feel like your skin is you know, mm -mm. You know none of that you just feel absolutely just comfortable it just it 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 you know, because I can't sing y'all feel through through the airwaves. <laughs> um, but just imagine the experience that you get when you go to a spa. Right, right. It is there's that a, experience. And a, a level of caressing that this fabric does to the skin. Is that experience. So, yes, absolutely. So, all right, next question, because we could, I'm fanning now. Next question. Um, 
<laughs> my time freedom allows me to. My time freedom allows me to be a caregiver. So I took um, my mom in, she has a brain injury and I'm, she's not self-sufficient anymore. So I took her into my home in 2017, about the time that I started um, Bam Blue. And being able to dedicate, being able to be the master of my day and organize um, you know, my every hour allows me to be able to you know, fill in the gap when my mother needs care. So she stays, she lives with me, but we have you know, things set up, you know, different nurses and programs and things like that, but it allows me to be more flexible and be there when she needs me. So I get to take her to all of her doctor's appointments, which is really important to me. Um, I, I get to monitor, you know, her, you know, her medication and how she's adjusting, you know, to new medicines and things like that. So that was really important to me. I think, um, I think as a, as an adult, um, a young, you know, a younger adult taking on a young adult, my mother is not old by any means, um, but she's had this brain injury since I was 10. So when I was 10, I didn't know what it was to have to then mother your mother. But as an adult, as I started to lose a lot of family members that were, that had stood in the gap and it was my turn, um, it became very clear to me that this is what life is about. It's not about, um, you know, how many hours I'm going to put in at the office. It's not about, um, you know, um, it, the things that just turned out to be trivial, you know, at, at the end of the day, um, it's about how do you love the ones that you love, you know, so um, being able to have my own time freedom allows me to be there when I'm needed and how I'm needed. Okay, that, that is absolutely beautiful. And I, yeah, yeah I've um, been in the caregiver role before. So I, I totally understand like what that you know, entails. And it does make a difference to be able to, you know, to be there. Yeah. Yeah. To be able to be there. So that is like absolutely beautiful. Okay. So what is the best advice you would give to someone who is seeking a profits and pajamas lifestyle? Oh, I think we gave it. We gave so much. <laughs> We did, yeah, we did, we gave a lot. <laughs> I think the one thing that I would go back to, which we did talk about already, but the one thing I would really focus on is um, be, be your own investor in the beginning. You don't have to, it's nice to be able to be in your pajamas and dictating your, 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 you know, your 24 hours and what it looks like and how much you're able to dedicate to the business. But when you first get started, do not be afraid to, lean into your day job to let it invest in your, you know, in your plans, your forever plans. Um, there's no shame in being, a, you know, having a corporate job. There's, um, there's more shame in, in, in not, you know, not being, not being honest about what you need, you know, so be honest about, do you, do you need the, you know, the, the, the paycheck in order to fund the business? Do you need the insurance, uh, you know, medical insurance in order to make sure that you can, um, stay focused on the business and not have to worry about, you know, um, hospital bills and things like that. So there's a lot of benefit. Um, are you, uh, do you think that you've gotten all that you can get from the day job in terms of, you know, understanding strategy, understanding, um, you know, how to balance expenses and, 
and people. I mean, it's, it's an opportunity to really learn people and when you're gonna need to build a team to support you. So what better way to learn about how that works than you know, getting it from you know, a corporate environment? So don't be, um, don't be afraid or ashamed of, being, uh, of relying on that corporate job a little longer than you intended to, to make sure that you can you know, sure up the business as it grows. Okay. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Because we're not coming to pay your light bill when you quit the job. <laughs> Lights got shut off. You're going to have to work in the dark. <laughs> right. We're not doing that. So, no, I think the plan is important. And I think we see people quitting and this and that. But, you know, just like everything else, we talked about it before, you don't know what that backstory is. Right, right. So they may have quit and it not been a good idea. They may have had a plan and yeah. you saw, you saw mad day when they quit, but you didn't see the plan that went ahead of being able to quit. Right. Right. Okay. So tell the people how to get in touch with you. And I know you um, mentioned, you know, a special offer. So tell, tell, tell the people, you know, how they can get into the Bamboo life, because I'm telling y'all, y'all need to be a part of this lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> so you can get in touch with me um, on my website, which is uh, Dot co it's b-a-m-b-l-u.co um you can also get in touch with us on social media we're at all on all social media channels at bamboo sleep we also have a uh, community on facebook it's bamboo sleep lounge where we talk about all things sleep and um, relaxation we often have um, in-depth conversations about new products that are coming out we talk about how did you sleep last night so there's a lot of um, great um, community um, activities going on in there um, and then um, of course you can always um, i mentioned follow us on uh, if you wanted to contact us have any questions, we do offer a lot of um, expertise and, you know, sleep expertise, things that you have questions about. If you have questions about the products, you know, you can always, um, again, contact us on our, on our website. Um, and I wanted to, I did want to extend an offer. So um, we wanted to extend an offer to the group. Um, if you go to bamboo.co or www.bamboo.co and you put in the code profits N with the letter N, PJ, uh, profits in PJ, and you'll get a 20% discount on your order. So, um, and that, or that will be set up for, um, I guess we'll have to decide. The, the air day, the air day for this is going to be on um, Wednesday, which is the 16th. Okay. So, um, so starting on the 16th, that'll be, um, set up and we'll also put in the show notes, um, the details so that you guys can, um, have access. So just look in the show notes, um, for this episode and you'll be able to have access to it. And I'm just telling y'all, like, it's just, I, it, it's just a whole nother experience. I'm just like, my old pajamas, like a soul, they Throw just feel so sad. And we encourage you to sign up for the email, sign up for the text messages, because <clears throat> while you get the 20% off on um, with this code, stay in touch with us because we are always doing something. And we do a live, um, a live broadcast on Thursdays where we offer some kind of discount or sale 
and um, clearances. We do a, a, a lot of stuff. And then we also showcase a lot of the new products that are coming out. So, um, you know, join the community, get involved. Um, we have a lot of fun. And I love, you know, talking about all things sleep and relaxation, come care, you know, self-care, things like that. So would love to connect with you guys and, and give you some of my experiences in that realm. Yes, please connect. I went on one of the lives a couple of weeks ago. They got some really cool stuff that's coming out. I'm just sitting here waiting. I'm like, I'm like, okay. Like, you know, like I, I legit at this point have a, a fund on the side. Like I'm like, I, one of the ways that I channel my creative energy is I have to bribe myself. So I say, if I do this, then I can have this. So if I sell this, if I hit this sales number, then I can get this. So it's like, <laughs> lately this has been. <laughs> so glad to be a part of your incentive program. <laughs> so glad to be a part of your incentive program. Right. So you're, you're incentivizing me because I'm like, uh, so, you know, it started with like two pairs and then it just has kind of been growing and growing and growing. And I'm just like, oh. see, and now you can get rid of those old. Right. I'm just like, uh, I mean, y'all looking a little sad over there. Y'all can't quite stand up. So you can use that. You can use that stuff to paint in. Or... Right. Right. I'm like, oh, you can't stand up to this experience. Like, you don't like. And the I last trip you said about packing, the last trip I went on, I was like, what if these people lose my pajamas? Like, <laughs> I'm like, do I need to pack these in my like, capsule? Believe that they did not lose your pajamas. They got your pajamas. <laughs> no, they, no, they didn't. I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, I was packing several pairs and I was like, so. Oh yeah. I, I get that all the time. Someone's uh, usually people that have um, grown daughters or sisters or best friends. Um, they will end up saying that ah, my pajamas came up missing. I'm like, oh yeah, you know, mm-hmm. that pajamas. <laughs> but there's a couple of things I do not play about. I don't play about my pajamas. I don't play about my pins. I am I I have a pin fetish. I love like and I, they're very specific. Oh, yeah. And I was at a meeting one time. I had a I had a whole set of pins. I was like yeah. picking which color I wanted to write with. And this lady was like, oh, can I borrow a pen? And I put, that, I put those back and I dug in my purse and I found like a pen from a hotel and I was like, here, <laughs> you can't, I don't know you like that. You can't touch no, my no, no, ma'am. You can't touch my pants. Like, no offense, miss, but you know. Yeah, I, mean, I get it. I get it. But no, so I totally, totally understand that. I'm, I'm so glad that you came on as a guest. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. And I'm excited for, you know, I'm excited for my community to become a part of your community because I feel like we all, you know, we we coexist quite well. If you if you're about that, you know, profit in pajamas life, then these are the pajamas that you need to be profiting in. Right. (laughs) Let's let's be clear. Um, But yeah, I want to thank you for being on. Um, Again, I'm Coach Danny D. I am the owner of Workflow and we help people to build luxury brands. And we do that by connecting them to their ideal client, making sure that they have strategic plans in place and making sure that they are clear on what their own goals are so that you can make sure your business is in alignment with those goals. So, 
you know, for me, you know, profit in pajamas is, you know, a lifestyle because I specifically like pajamas, but that lifestyle itself just means going for your success story, whatever that looks like and making sure that your business goals, your life goals, and all of those things are in alignment with what that success story looks like. But first you have to know what that story is. Absolutely. Then we can set goals around it. So um, right now I am promoting my um, goal setting workshop. So I have a goal setting workshop that's coming up on March 27th, and that's going to be focusing on our second quarter goals. What what do those look like? Um, How do we make sure that they're meaningful goals? And also making sure that we have a system to make sure that those goals are getting um, completed because, you know, we make new year's resolutions and, you know, they usually done with by um, Valentine's day. Mm -hmm. We, you know, we set goals, but because we don't have any meaning behind those goals, they're just sitting there somewhere. So let's put them in action. Let's put, you know, intentionality behind it. So if you are um, interested in signing up, you can go to coachjannyd.com and I'll have that in the notes as well. And you can sign up for the workshop on the 27th and we can get you, you know, set up to be prepared for your second quarter. Also, um, if you are a VIP, there is a VIP option that includes um, additional support calls. So we'll do some group accountability calls um, between this goal setting and the third quarter goal setting so that we make sure that we are staying on track. So I wanna thank you guys for listening in. I wanna thank Angela again for being such a wonderful guest. And I want y'all to have a beautiful, beautiful day and go out and, and do something to play big in your business. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to the Profits in Pajamas podcast. I hope you got some great tips to start working with ease. Want to stay connected? Follow me at Your Workflow on Instagram. For more information about building your luxury brand, register for my upcoming luxury brand workshop at coachdannyd.com.